hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one, let's go. As an old soul, you probably understand my favorite Andy Williams song is Canadian Sunset. But my second favorite Andy Williams song of all time is It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And I know Canadian Sunset was inspired by a romantic weekend in Canada hitting the slopes with a significant other. Once I was alone. You got some chops. I gotta be honest. Lonely and there. But Jesse, there is no way that Andy thought about this very day, 11 years after he left God's great green earth when he belted out, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Mm. Like, I know I'm stretching, and you probably don't even know who the hell Andy Williams is. Mm, yeah. But your dad does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would make Fred sense. is my dude. Yeah. Don Mills, yeah, oh, flyer yeah. legend. Yeah, he Freddie was. Rubinoff. Yeah, he was. He knows Andy He's Williams. He's going to love the shout-out, too. And I'm going to tell you right now, the most wonderful time of the year. Mm. 11 in the NHL tonight. 13 in the NBA tonight. 14 in the big six Canadian teams on the ice. The Raptors and the Jays both in action. Tiger playing to ridiculous crowds in practice rounds at the Masters. To add another phrase, uh, way older than I am at this juncture in time, suffice it to say, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Do you like, do you do karaoke ever? No, I don't. I just do it on the show. You should. If you practiced a little, like, there could be something there. I haven't even mentioned the play Playoffs? Yeah. I haven't even mentioned the playoffs. They're a week away. The Jays' home opener is what? I was, is today's Tuesday? Too much going on. That's to be a week from today. Like, one week from this hour, we will be down doing our last show from the Rogers Center. I was going to do the crucifix because I grew up Catholic. Then I realized, you're Jewish. That makes no sense. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. It's all good. Either, Either, way. Way. Either way, this is going to be a week to celebrate many of the good things that you and I do this mm -hmm. thing for. Mm -hmm. Right? People like Morgan, who wrote us a wonderful letter. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. We almost cried before the show, to be Shout honest. Shout out Morgan Fisher. We just—that right? was a bad time to read it. It was a great time to read it. Well, I was like getting a little bit emotional reading it. You made me read it because you were like concerned that there, maybe there was anthrax in it or something. <laughs> so you gave not, it to me. I did not <laughs> think there was that. It was addressed to both you and I. It says Tim McAuliffe and Jesse Rubinoff, and I said, "Do you want to open this and read it?" And Jesse read it aloud, and it was a wonderful letter that 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 told us everything that we wanted to hear about what this show attempts to achieve each and every day. That is almost as well articulated as the letter. Because it's, it's everything it said in there was exactly what you know you had written in the, the, the statement to all of us at the beginning the of, this of this show. The mission statement of this show. mission statement. Was written in this letter. Yes. Yeah, that's like, awesome. It's just extremely perceptive and articulate and heartfelt and uh, thank you to Morgan. It's amazing. It's great to read stuff like that. No, you know what, Morgan? Yeah.
we, we like people who like us. Yeah, we've been getting a ton. Like, I, I know you've been getting a lot. Like, I've been getting a lot in the DMs, too. Like, it's humbling. It's overwhelming. It's all of that stuff. Like, yeah, it's it is shocking. I've be been through this five times. Yeah. This is the fifth time for me. You get your flowers so I've, every I've, time. I've, no, I've, I've walked this road before. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, we don't get a lot of letters like that. We get a lot of people saying it was never the same without Sid. We get mm -hmm. a lot of people saying, mm -hmm. uh, how did you last this long? Mm -hmm. And we get even more people writing wonderful letters like Morgan wrote, wrote us and I have like, I told you, I have like yeah. 100 screenshots on my phone of great messages that people sent us. Yeah, so. love it. Uh, it's nice to hear from you. We've always said that this is your show, so uh, hearing from you, whether it be old school, writing a letter, or on the phone, we appreciate you. Uh, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff. All those games, all those playoffs, Will Lou on the Raptors in the first hour. Nick Kiprios with some great West, uh, great races out West. There I am. Now I'm screwing up, and Morgan's like, what did I ever like this guy for? <laughs> Second hour, yeah. Nick Kiprios races out West. It's time to recover here. And add in the final smoke, fire, or shut your pie hole in this incarnation of the show, and it should be, I hope it's a good day, with Kipper. Hell, we, uh, we hope it's a good day with you, with Morgan, with everyone who has written us over the last little while, good, bad, or ugly. We hope it's a good day with you and the Jays. So we'll add Shai Davidi stopping by to discuss the 1-3 Toronto Blue Jays that has more than a few baseball fans discussing uh, what in the good name of Garth Orge is happening. We'll do that this hour with Shai Davidi, and I hope all that equals another award-nominated edition of Tim and Friends. And it all starts with my friend and yours, Jesse Rubinoff. First things first, so let's make it clean, Khalid Al-Amin. First things first. Oh, very good. Very good. Khalid Al-Amin. Now you got it. I shouldn't have. It was like the... The emphasis. Was I know on you the weren't satisfied with the way that you yeah, said it, but I it, no, it, yeah. I got it. it. Made sense. Let's make it clean, Kalidella. There, it, got it. Yeah. Boom. Perfect. Let's yeah. talk about those Toronto Blue Jays continuing their series in Kansas City tonight after dropping the opener against the Royals 9-5, which is really, frankly, the score is closer than the game was most of the time. It was a third straight loss. Jose Barrios struggled, allowing eight earned runs in five and two thirds innings. I know it's just one start, but how concerning was Barrios' performance last night? So Barrios' performance, let, let me separate here because you know as well as I do my reaction through four games. If anyone has learned anything like Morgan did in his wonderful letter to us, it's that I will be the Aaron Rodgers of this show four games in with 158 remaining. Mm -hmm. That is, relax. Everybody, take a chill pill, take a step back. You're not too far gone. I know it's a tough division, all that stuff. I do, however, make, need to make a distinction between <laughs> the relax and the Jose Barrios. The four games, and this is not a one-game sample size for Jose Barrios. It's a much bigger sample size. Not only did he pitch to a 5.23 ERA last year, there wasn't any change in the spring for those keeping track. Opponents in the spring who usually aren't as good as major league teams hit 3.02 off of Jose Barrios in the spring. He had a 150 whip, and he struck out less than one man per inning in this spring. Got rocked at the WBC, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Royals knew all of these weaknesses. They sent out six lefties to face Barrios. Not sure how many teams can do that, but they will try. Last year, he allowed a 298 average against lefties. And 276 versus righties. 
he allowed 20 home runs versus lefties to just nine against righties, and presumably those are less at-bats versus left-handed hitters. So if you're asking me if I would be concerned about Jose Barrios given the money that was paid to him, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there was a big sample size that forced me to relax last year, basically his entire career. And he never really found, he had 17 quality starts, that was second, tied for second, on the Jays last year. So it was feast or famine. But the problem is, you see too much of what we saw last night from Jose Barrios, and given the money that he makes, and how important the rotation is to this team, they gotta figure something out with him. Too much famine. The, the weirdest thing, and tell me if you agree with this, is you watch this guy, and the stuff has never been the problem. Like there's great movement on the pitches and he throws pretty hard and you just wonder like what what is it what you watch it's confusing to watch because he's getting rocked by the Kansas City Royals mm -hmm. but it does it to the eye test he passes the eye test and then yeah. it goes out and gets rocked every other start there are some that are suggesting that his that, like he's just tipping his pitch and that was a thing last year yeah. too and then and people maybe know it by, bit, by the plane of his arm what's coming down the pipe but the good news here is if I'm going to include spring stats on Jose Barrios I got to do the same for Yusei Kikuchi and guess who gets the start tonight for the Jays <laughs> it's the lights out in the spring Yusei Kikuchi he had a 0.87 ERA in the spring and even more impressive than that he had 31 strikeouts that's tops in the big leagues by the way his ERA also tops in the big leagues in the spring for whatever that's worth he also had 74 whiffs 74 swings and misses 28 more than any other Jay I'm not saying you say to the rescue but I'm saying he's got a chance and I think a lot of this is between the ears for you say as opposed to Barrios so does that change with real bullets flying in a real regular season maybe but you couldn't have done much more in the spring to prove that last year was behind you than Kikuchi did. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I've been perusing Blue Jays Twitter. And I just can't imagine what it's going to be like tonight if Yusei Kikuchi struggles. And it's the Yusei Kikuchi you, of you last can, year. You can, though. Don't, don't, listen, I love you, you know that. But you, you absolutely know what Blue Jays Twitter is going to be like tonight. And it's the same thing that Twitter is all the time. I know. It is completely reactionary. It lacks context. And it doesn't give any sort of nuance to any sort of conversation. It's just people yelling and screaming. And they will yell and scream even more tonight if it goes the same way for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. So we talked about yesterday our like general concern level. And I think we both said, like I said zero. I think you were with me on that doesn't go well for Kikuchi tonight and you're now one way one rotation or one what I don't even know what word I'm yeah, looking went, for. Went one turn, through the rotation. Yeah, yeah one, one turn, turn through the rotation. rotation. Yeah. And all well four of the five guys struggled. Is that concerning? So the as two, a whole? The two games would change your mind? I don't I don't think so. I think most well, guys answering in this, your own question. Yeah, because most guys in the rotation and Barrios has the track record also, but clearly it's now been a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a little bit where he struggled, so yeah. I'd maybe throw the whole, that one out. The whole point for me was that Barrios is a part of that conversation. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to get worried about Barrios, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. If you want to get worried about this team after a 1-4 start, uh, it seems ridiculous. Like, how many is like fine. 
Doesn't I mean obviously they they only hit one home run so far, but like so still scoring. But do you think that they're not going to score yeah, runs no, no, after? No. Le- listen, I know that they lost pieces, and I know it's going to probably take Dalton Varsho a little while to get going here to see what he actually is, but. They are Major League Baseball players, most of them with track records, yeah. and we know where they're, where they're going to end up. Yeah. Like, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I don't know if you've seen the numbers, but he's had just some bad luck. He's hit the ball remarkably hard to start seen this the ball year. Well, yeah. And it just hasn't gone his way. And that's kind of what happens in these small sample sizes. And I'm not going to be drawn into a conversation where after five games I'm really worried about Fair this enough. team. Fair enough. There's just too many good players on this team to get drawn into that, even though I know people are screaming that at you at Twitter, on Twitter last night. Yeah. Um, okay. Don't fall for it. No. I mean, I was part of it. I'm going to be honest. I was being sarcastic and all sorts of stuff. So uh, that's part you of my You were being fault. engaging. I was being engaging. It was yeah, fun. You were it's stirring fun. Stirring the pot. Twitter's fun I sometimes. I, I enjoy speaking it. Speaking of stirring the pot and being <laughs> engaging. Speaking of that. What did Alex Verdugo do? Well, he went off on the uh, Baseball is Boring podcast. Mm-hmm. Had some things to say about Alec Manoa. Would you like to have a listen and then we'll react? Well, he was talking just about baseball in general and the change in how we perceive those who are exuberant in their celebrations and then and then focused in a little bit on the Jays' big ace. Mm-hmm. I should say baseball isn't boring podcast. What'd you say? Which makes, I said baseball is boring. Yeah, that, that, definitely, that podcast is not one I'm listening definitely to. Definitely not boring. Right. Uh, but it does make what he had to say a little more interesting when you consider the title of the podcast. Without a doubt. Okay, so let's have a listen to Alex Verdugo, and then we'll react. You want to get fired up? Like, look at your dugout, like, let's go! You don't need to look at me at the plate and, like, be like, like, you know, f*** you, like, let's go. It's just you won that you won that scenario. You did, and you know, like I think that's when you start getting a little bit muddy. Mm. But if it's a genuine reaction and it's for the boys, not again, like not directed towards somebody, then yeah, like I'll say it right now. I think Alec Manoa goes about it the wrong way. Uh, you know what I mean? One hundred percent. I think he does. You can find videos, footage of him in the AAA of AAA going like this to a hitters. Yeah. You know what I mean? He last year telling. Uh, Frenchie and Bobby, like, like uh, go sit and like that. And it's just like, and looking right at them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like that, like that just pisses me off. And like I said, it's not, it's not, it's not the way it should be played. It should be played like you're celebrating it with your team. You're not, f-ing, you're not disrespecting another player who's, you know, at the end of the day, just, we're just trying to compete, man. That's right. it. So we have another uh, enforcer on how the game should be played. <laughs> That's exactly my take. He's like, this is how I do it. Yeah. Right? Like, and we had great video of all of the different celebrations that someone in the past would have been very upset at Alex Verdugo for doing. And here he was saying, well, that was for the boys. Mm-hmm. What I do is for the boys. What Alec Manoa does is show people up and yell and scream. And... Do I think that there is a difference between the two? Slight. Mm -hmm. But who is Alex Verdugo to say what? And that was my point the entire time, whether it be conversations on the code, whether it be conversations on how baseball should be selling. Everyone looks at it differently, Mm -hmm. and you're never going to find a happy medium. Do I agree with Verdugo? Slightly. Mm -hmm. Do I think that Manoa could look at his own dugout, yell and scream? Probably, but do I absolutely love watching him pitch? Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Hell yeah, I love watching him pitch. And maybe as he grows up, maybe as he's in the league longer, he will deal with it differently. But you absolutely positively know that Alec Manoa has a stage presence in part because he does things like that to get himself riled up. And from the, from the dawn of time in sports, guys have found ways, girls have found ways to motivate themselves. And that's all Alec Manoa is doing, and that's all Alec Verdugo is doing, but they go about it differently. You know what? Uh, sometimes it's very hard to disagree with you because you give uh, nuanced takes, and that's a really like, Would I do that? Would you do that? Would you react the way that Alec Manoa does on the mound? Probably not. Probably but not. does that mean he shouldn't do it? No. No. It's just it's person, exa it's exactly personal behavior. Yeah, exactly yes. what we're talking. Yeah. And every once in a while, you know what? I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Certain, every once in a while. Just in yeah. certain situations. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we obviously put this out on, on the socials and got a, ton, a little bit of feedback. A ton of feedback. So yeah. Let's do a couple here. We'll do some more throughout the show. But uh, Mike says, I can't wait to hear what Verdugo has to say after he takes a sinker in the ribs. <laughs> uh, they do play May 1st through 4th in Boston. Should why why a sinker, out. Mike? Why Anyways. a sinker? Yeah. Uh, Shane says uh, Verdugo can can stand at the Audi logo line and wine with Garrett Cole. <laughs> Very good. Right. Uh, James, people will definitely disagree, but I think Alec should rein in some of this stuff. I think Verdugo has a point. Unfortunately, Alec would be better served if he focused on himself and his team and dropped some of these Stroman-like stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, look at the numbers, James. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he would be better served. There is... Uh, Scott says he's our new Strowman. We will love him when going good, and it will eventually get old, and then we will turn on him. Yeah, people uh, build him up to tear him down. I don't know if I'm one of those guys because I don't know if I did that to Marcus Strowman, mm -hmm. but I did find that by the end of his term in Toronto, Marcus Strowman was distracted by a lot of this stuff. Yep. I, I think don't that's know fair. that Alec Manoa will be distracted by a lot of this stuff. I think he's different in that. I, I think wonder he's focused on the game a lot. Yeah, like he, this obviously I think helps him, like he it fuels him when he reacts like this. I think so. I do wonder as you get older and, and you mature if you find other ways to sort of like, right. get keep yourself going, right. get yourself in, in youth game. we learn in age we understand. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. Uh Shai Davidi coming up a little bit later we will continue the Blue Jays conversation well, to hockey we, we go. We hope in youth we learn. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sorry, hockey, yeah. It's a busy night in the NHL with 11 games on the schedule and six Canadian teams in action. I mean, here we go. We are in the home stretch now, Timmy. What will you be focusing on tonight? Uh, Flames can move into a tie with the Jets for the final wild card spot ahead of tomorrow's game in Winnipeg on Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. So long as there isn't a storm in Winnipeg that keeps Calgary out. But if there's any city that's used to the weather being inclement, it may be Calgary or Edmonton, as it were. Uh, Chris Tanev returning for the Flames. Like, obviously, these are big games, and obviously the Flames are playing better. But let's not forget that this is the first four-game winning streak of the year for the Calgary Flames. And they've done so by winning three straight one-goal games. And they've done so by winning two straight third-period comeback from behind wins mm -hmm. where they had had zero through their first 75 to start the year. This has been a, an inspired Calgary Flames team, but they haven't exactly played all of the greatest opponents. That's not a murderer's row. In this little run here. And it's going to get a little bit tougher for the Winnipeg Jets. And I wonder if... This, this whole race, and I'll, I'll include the Pacific in that race out west because Oilers and Kings tonight, like that feels kind of like it's not even just home ice advantage because 
both those teams could overtake Vegas as well. Mm-hmm. I know the Golden Knights won last night, and now they have a three-point spread on on uh, on on LA, but everyone's tight here. That's just four points between three teams with five to play. That could easily be jumped by any one of those teams. And right now, these are two of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League, the Kings and Oilers. So there's a lot to take in tonight. And I haven't even mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs in this great matchup between Jet Greaves and Joseph Wall <laughs> between the pipes tonight in Toronto. Yeah, I guess that ha- that's what happens when you've uh, known who you're going to be playing in the postseason for about four months. Right. You can play. And you know you're not going to the postseason if you're coming. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, Kipper coming up later for uh, Smoke Fire or Chet Chapaihole. But the Yukon Huskies are national champions for the fifth time in school history. They won the Natty after beating San Diego State last night to complete a dominant run through the tournament. Adama Sonogo had 17 points and 10 boards in the final and was named most outstanding player. But perhaps the bigger story was Jim Nance calling his 32nd and final national championship game in his hometown of Houston before signing off for the last oh, don't time. Don't do this. Don't do this. At a loss. We're, we're at a loss. We're at a loss for sure. The GOAT. Let's remember it. One thing I learned through all of this is everybody has a dream and everybody has a story to tell. Just try to find that story. Be kind. You told it better than most, let me tell you. Can I tell you one other thing? I mean this, not to try to play off hello friends, but to you, everybody in the college game, my CBS family, my family, all the viewers, thank you for being my friend. The guy stole my line. Yeah, he was obviously watching. I've been, I've been trying to like write <laughs> what we're going to say on Monday and or Tuesday on the final show, and that was one of the lines that I was going to finish with. Back to the drawing board for oh. you. Crack open the notebook. Line. I think you got enough quotes cooking in your I, in your I, quote book. Over I there. heard it. I had already written it. <laughs> it was definitely a thank you for being a friend at the end of my sentence. Oh man, that's and now I can't tough. do it because Nance did it. The haircut did it. Well, Damn we shouldn't have played haircut. it. Then. We shouldn't have played it then because you know not everybody's watching the uh, national championship game. But that, but that's that's fine. That. I yeah. know that I'm a huge right. college fan. I can't right. do that. That's true. That would have been. Uh, now I got to change it. Yeah. And you'll be okay. Damn you, uh, Nance. Nance will First, now... he got all the money. Have you ever seen his backyard, by the way? It's all golf. Have you seen his backyard? It's all golf. Oh, you haven't savvy. seen his backyard? He's got like... Also, I'm going to send show you in the break. He's got like a golf course in his backyard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is... So jealous of everything. His hair, his yeah. golf course, the money that he makes, and now he steals my line. And he goes from the national championship to, to Augusta. That's where he's going. He's going to call the Masters. Earlier today, tee times were announced for the opening two rounds. Tiger Woods will play in a group with Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley. Very likable group. Just means that I'm professionally jealous of yeah. him, which is an ultimate tip of the cap. Yeah, that's fair. He's, Shout out he's accomplished a lot. <laughs> They're teeing off at 10.18 a.m. on Thursday after missing the tournament in 2021 following his car crash. Tiger returned last year, making the cut and finishing 47th. Do you like his chances to make it? To the weekend this year. Here's uh, I'm going to turn this question. My mother always told me don't answer a question with another question, but I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to break my mother's rule and ask you a question because I was thinking about Tiger and um, this picture here is from a practice round. Look at all the people. Does not like from yesterday. That, that looks like there should. That's a third round at least, and maybe even 
a fourth round crowd, right? Like, look at that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually it's bigger. I saw a comparison of that to the 2005 tee shot he hit when he was about to win, and this crowd's bigger. <laughs> I mean, this is what it is. Look at this. This is from practice. It's unbelievable. Rounds. So, so let me ask you this because yeah. I heard a clip from Tiger Woods, and I'm going to play that clip for you in the audience. Mm-hmm. And like, should we just like are those crowds there because they know? The end is near. Here's Tiger yesterday. Last year was kind of a, um, didn't know if I was, I was going to play again at that time. Uh, for some reason, everything kind of came together. And I kind of pushed it a little bit and I was able to make the cut, which was nice. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know how many more I have in me. So the, just to be able to appreciate the, the, the time that I have here and, and cherish the, the memories. I don't know how many more I have in me. Like this, is, Tiger Woods, you're a massive fan. Like this is a guy who never admits to anything close to him being even the, the most remotest, uh, remotely fallible. Yeah, but look at what he's been through. I mean, when he won his fifth green jacket, he hadn't yet suffered the car crash injuries. Right. And this is a different Tiger. And he had injuries before that. And this is just making it that much harder. But he's not going to play very often. If there's one spot where he feels the most comfortable throughout the golfing calendar, it's here. And he is one of the few that has the ability to think his way through this golf course. And that is why you can never rule him out, despite the fact that he's getting older, despite the fact that he's been through so much. And also, I have a clip that I want you to hear just in response because he was asked... You know, do you think you can be a, a threat this week? And, and this is what he had to say. Whether I'm a threat to them or not, who knows? You know, I, people probably didn't think I was a, a threat in 19 either, uh, but it kind of turned out okay. Quiet confidence. I, I, I appreciate how much faith you have in Tiger Woods, but I, I, I wonder if he was whispering to you enjoy this because I literally don't know how many I will left. I will I'm not right. actually expecting him to win like I'm not delusional you just made you just made a couple of points no I'm not delusional but yeah. I, I I do think that he he has a chance to compete because of of his yeah, history but, there but I'm saying don't ask him to compete just enjoy mm-hmm. him being out there and looking Fair at enough. times like the old tiger because he just told us I don't know how many more I have in me I know it's I oh love it i wish we had more time because, i know like how does golf ever replace him and the answer is you can't they don't No. still to come nick kiprios in studio ahead of a busy night in the nhl plus smoke fire or shut your pie hole for the final time in this incarnation will lou in studio raptors getting set for the final week of their regular season plus after the break a rough start to the jay season all eyes on you say kikuchi to save the day <laughs> in kansas city shy to next on tim and friends yeah, this is the last thing that the Blue Jays wanted to see with Barrios. You know, overall, a tough outing. They dropped to one and three on the season. You're going to have to regroup quickly. Three more games here in Kansas City, and the Blue Jays got to get things turned around. Burley and the Huskies have their dreams come true. Emily, my family, all the viewers, thank you for being my friend. Tomorrow night will probably going to be like a game seven for both teams. I'm sure the NHL is pretty happy the way it lined up schedule-wise. No place you'd rather be on a Wednesday night, so we're looking forward to it. Two 
Watch this fan catch. Oh, oh yeah. Beauty. As we've seen on the interwebs, not an ideal start for the Toronto Blue Jays. The rotation continues to get hit around first time through tonight. You say Kikuchi to the rescue as the Jays try and snap a three-game losing streak. Early season, Chris Bubich goes for the Royals, apparently nicknamed Booby. That's right. He has a career year I close Very to mature. five. Very mature. And over it. Went to Stanford, though. Smart kid. Oh, okay. And he pronounces it the proper way. The I-C is the itch, right? Right, right, right. Serb Croatian, yeah. All right, so Blue Jays Central comes your way, 7 Eastern, followed by the game on Sportsnet East, Ontario, and one. Here's the Jays lineup for game two against the Royals. Springer will DH Vladdy back at first. Now, Whit Merrifield gets the start back in Kansas City, playing right field, hitting sixth, which means Santiago Espinal is in action at second. Danny Jansen will catch, and Kevin Kiermeyer is back in center field. And Shai Davidi is back on this show as he joins us now from the palatial estate somewhere in the greater Toronto area. Davidi, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you guys doing? Very good. Very good. Thank you for asking. Uh, uh, probably a little bit better than Jose Barrios. I oftentimes <laughs> caution people to take you know, a step back and understand that one and three does not make a season. We've still got 158 to go. That said, when it comes to Jose Barrios, I feel like the sample size is a little bit bigger. Did you see any positives from yesterday? Well, it's really interesting because if you take that outing last year, mm -hmm. he's probably gone after two and a third last year. He's not fighting his way into the sixth right. the way that he did yesterday. And there were a lot of really positive innings for him in that outing where his stuff was overwhelming. And you could almost see it like okay that's where he needs to be but then he made a few mistakes where he really left a few balls in the middle uh there are a couple pitches that were probably pitchers pitches i think a couple to bobby witt uh, one to pasquantino where it looked like you know okay they went out of the zone and did a good job against him and that's you know hitters doing hitter things but if he can avoid those pitches in the middle and that's really been the focal point that that's where he's got to get out of and you saw him between innings checking like the ipad i'm assuming that he was looking at his the delivery and some of the tweaks and some of the lanes he's trying to work through and it's almost like he's still trying to form that muscle memory of the new things that he's trying to accomplish and once he gets over that hump then maybe he's the guy he was in those good innings yesterday and he's minimizing the the moments where he looked a bit like last year's guy so you did find some positives here, and and like it feels like these, I mean these two starts for Barrios and Kikuchi. And listen, I I want to be fair to the Royals who scored four runs in their first three games, but also they sent lefties up there. They they matched up against Barrios pretty well. Um, like I I don't know how to take that because you saw good things, but it's also the Royals. Well, I mean, they've got some good young talent there. Like, are they knocking on the door? No. Are they going to suddenly knock off the White Sox and Cleveland and, and Minnesota in that Probably division? Not. No. But you can at least see the potential of what could be a decent team down the road. Now, should they be beating up Jose Barrios? No, that this is still Jose Barrios trying to find his way a little bit. But it's a good test for him, uh, a good test for Yusei Kikuchi. And I think, look, what they did in the spring 
you're like, okay, we want to see this continue. We want to see this translate into the regular season, right? It, it, it's all fine and good that you did it in Dunedin, but it doesn't matter until you get going here. And the first the first return for Barrios, not good. It was more similar to last year than it was to what you want him to bounce back to. And for Kikuchi tonight, it's, it's a real opportunity for him to really jumpstart what he hopes will be a big rebound season. And show that all that work all those good results that he was generating down in florida are for real and not just a springtime blip yeah it's funny because i i gave the springtime stats for barrios and they weren't very good you throw a wbc start in there and they weren't good at all and the opposite is true of kikuchi so i mean listen i know we're not supposed to read into those numbers but he couldn't have done much more in the spring no it's like both from a process and from a number standpoint you're like okay that's good Right. And when your stuff is playing like that, you, you can read into it a little bit. It's telling you that everything is explosive and that in the I mean, look, we've always known he's got the stuff to pitch in that way and be that effective. It's just it hasn't been it hasn't happened on a consistent basis. Right. Like the closest to it uh, over an extended period of time was the first half of 21 when he was an all-star uh, for the Mariners, and then, it ta- and then he tailed off. And then even last year, like you think about late April into into May, I hit a really nice stretch for the Blue Jays in the rotation there, and then he went sideways again. So for him, the pitch clock is a factor. The new mechanics are a factor. Those things coalescing seem to be allowing him to leverage the raw stuff, which is really good. But there's a lot of, okay, show me here. And, right. You know, it, it's right. great that it looked good in the spring, but it counts now. Let's see it when it matters. I want to get your opinion on Verdugo and Manoa, but before we get there, is there one person that you haven't heard, or is there one player, one thing about the Toronto Blue Jays that you haven't heard enough people talk about to this point? And I understand we're only four games in, but is there a trend that you're seeing that you feel like maybe needs to be brought to the, uh, to the forefront more? I'm not sure necessarily that we're seeing a trend just yet. It's hard to pick something out. Yeah. One thing that I have liked is I thought I've thought Barshow's left on left up bats have been pretty good hmm. so far, and it looks yeah. like the Blue Jays want to give him some run there. And uh, and if if he's going to be able to capable of hit lefties, like that's going to be important for the Blue Jays. And it's also interesting to see how they've lined up in the four spot with Varshow there so far. Uh, it's it seems like it's a spot that you want Brandon Belt in an ideal world to fit in and for him to have a little bit of power. But I, I think if the Blue Jays aren't going to get uh, a pretty good amount of production out of that four spot, then you're going to start noticing Teoscar Hernandez's absence a little bit more. Right. Without a doubt. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that. And obviously, Brandon Belt not off to the best start as a Toronto Blue Jay. We'll see if he can settle in coming off of a, a tough season last year. Okay, so Manoa and Verdugo is the one that everyone's talking about online. Uh, we played the clip from Verdugo in the in the first block. If you missed it, you can head to our Twitter account, at Tim and Friends, on the old uh, Twitter and or Instagram. It is available there for your viewing pleasure. What did you make of Verdugo ripping into Alec Manoa for what he calls, or at least what this headline calls, displays of disrespect well i think we can look back and remember that one outing 
in Boston last year and uh, Alec Manoa maybe uh, at least if you're from a Red Sox perspective crossed the line a little bit that that day when you know it was throwing the bat and uh, mouthing some some perhaps uh, impolite words at uh, French Cordero and uh, Bobby Dalback and uh, that's obviously sticking in in the Red Sox's memory but I think if you're Alec Manoa do you really care what Verdugo thinks about you nor nor should you and look i think a little bit of uh fire between teams a little bit of friction this right. is part of what you want right uh the, you know the red sox have been down a little bit they're trying to recover uh maybe this adds a little bit more juice to some some blue jays red sox games which which would be great uh but alec manoa i think in general his mindset is to not be disrespectful uh he's an emotional guy that that can sometimes cross the lines but i i can't see Manoa being too disturbed by what Verdugo thinks. And, uh, you know, let, let's, uh, it's going to make all the, the next Red Sox Blue Jays meeting all the more exciting. Yeah. And he keeps the same energy. Like, that's, that's the part for me. Like, he even gets mad at his manager for taking him out, right? Like, like, it's the same energy all. Will he learn as he gets older that maybe some of that is wasted energy? Sure. But if it motivates him right now, you can't really argue with the results. Yeah. Look, yeah. And then there's always the line when you're a super emotional player, right? right. Like think about all yeah. the discussions we had with Jose Batista back in the day and his emotions right. uh, or so, or someone like Marcus Stroman. Like sometimes other people don't take that well. And, uh, and sometimes, look, it's a competitive game. Everybody's in it to, to win it as well. They should be. And dudes are going to get upset. That's all right. I, I just think that I generally don't see anything that's, too far from Manoa. Uh, may, every once in a while, someone can certainly take it that way. That day against the Red Sox, uh, it certainly felt like he might have gone a- across the line. I remember a few Red Sox yeah. commentators made some comments about Manoa that day too. So um, maybe there's some things lingering there. And look, you know, Boston's got uh, over the years has had its share of uh, of, uh, of times where it's you know gotten the best of the Jays and, mm-hmm. and taking some shots at the Jays. You think about the Farrell incident. Yep. Uh, if some people in Boston are feeling salty at the Blue Jays or a Blue Jays player, hey, you know you've got to come in Boston. Yeah, and it makes it more fun for sure. Uh, appreciate you always, Shy. Thanks for doing this. You got it. Be well. All right, there is uh, Shy Davidi from the palatial abode in the Greater Toronto area on the other side. Four games left in the regular season for the Toronto Raptors with seeding on the line. Can they grab that eight seed and play a one win and they're in? And is this it for Nick Nurse? Will Lou will join us next in studio to discuss all of that and hopefully a little more. From baseball to basketball on what is another busy night across the sporting world. Raptors back in action against the Hornets tonight after beating them by 20 on Sunday. It's tougher from here on in though. Two games in Boston plus a home date with the Bucks to close things out. Raptors enter the night tied with the Hawks for the eighth seed. Now OG and Anobi, Precious Achua and Will Barton all in after questions around them. And speaking of questions, Gary Trent Jr., very questionable. Mm. According to Nick Nurse, as Will Lou joins me in studio. By the way, the Hornets are completely and utterly bruised, battered, and yeah, scarred. But I don't think we have enough time in this segment to <laughs> read out the injury report. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of not being able to read out the entire thing, just Google 
William Liu and the Raptors show and you can find oh. all the ways to consume what is a wonderful show here on the Sportsnet family of channels including YouTube and Sportsnet 590 the fan so thank you for coming in my friend thanks for having me man all right so let's start with the play-in tournament the Raptors are the first team to be locked into this play-in tournament how important is this seeding in your mind it's very important yeah. I think um, Obviously, us in Toronto here, we haven't had to worry about this with the Raptors, thankfully. But, um, yeah, it's very important to be either 7 or 8 because then you at least have two chances at it. Right. right? 7 hosts 8. Winner makes the playoffs as the 7th seed. And then the loser plays the winner of 9 versus 10. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the 9-10, which Raptors right now, unfortunately, because... They lost that very regrettable game against the uh, Atlanta Hawks uh, way back, I think, in November. The Scotty had a you know point blank layup to to win it before regulation. Yeah. Uh, and then in overtime, the Raptors had a good chance, but uh, Trey Young somehow <laughs> went the full length of the floor in three seconds and threw a yeah. full court lob yeah. for the game winner. That represents the tiebreaker right now between the Raptors and Atlanta. And so, yeah, I mean, the Raptors are aiming to get above Atlanta and, you know, potentially get even into the seventh spot, you know, depending on where they are with Miami. Luckily, they beat Miami. They have the tiebreaker against them, but it's rather close. Uh, but, yeah, you want to be seven or eight. I, I would assume, given the numbers and how many guys are out for the Charlotte Hornets, that this should be a walk. But that's not been the case for a lot of these back-to-backs, yeah. especially yeah. on the road. Like, it seems hard to sweep the back-to-backs for some reason. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think there's uh, definitely more game planning that can go into one of these series. Right. Um, but I mean, I mean, at the same time, like we should all be extremely disappointed if the Raptors don't take care of business tonight. I think the line was 14 and a half points. <laughs> I think it went up to 15. Yeah. Went we up to we 15, got 15 eh? right now. Got yeah. you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And right. at one point, it was 15 and a half when I looked earlier today. Yeah. See. Yeah. That that's that's a high one, and even for the Raptors, it's high. But I mean, listen. I mean, like you got to take care of business, right? I think the the big threat from the last game was Fima Hiluk. Who, uh, with, when he was with the Raptors, you know, really struggled to make more than two threes in a game, and so he had, I think, five the other night. So if we can maybe calm him down a little bit, I think the Raptors should be in good shape. But yeah, I think the harder parts, as you mentioned, is Boston and of course uh, Milwaukee um, at the end of the season. What I love about you and Alex is you have a finger in the pulse of the fans. Sure. Who are they cheering for? The Hawks or the Bulls tonight? Who are they cheering? I, honestly, I... Because that's on Sportsnet now, by the way, if you're looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to have a split-screen situation going on because yeah. I'm going to have to talk about that game tomorrow as well. I think me personally, I, I think I want to see uh, Chicago take that one. Right. But because like, make I can, it even more interesting. They've just been right there with the Hawks who, you know, very gracious, graciously all season, they've essentially been within one game plus or minus of 500 <laughs> for literally two straight months. And the Raptors are just not quite there to get over the top. But again, if they win tonight, Hawks lose, uh, Raptors would be solely an eighth. What is that jacket made out of? Because <laughs> I keep hearing you. This. You do? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. I'm what, sorry. Is it like, uh, is it a K-Way material? Is that what that is? Are you going to go break dancing after the show? Uh, you know, it, it is Asian. Shout out to Uniqlo. <laughs> oh, is, that nice. a, is that a free promo? Oh, that yeah, oh, yeah. Looking to get yeah. a deal done, eh? Yeah, well, we can make it happen. Yeah, I was at Square One. My, my boy and I, uh, uh, on the weekend, saw the Uniqlo. Uh, big, big yeah, store yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Good uh, prices, too. Federer? Federer, one of those guys. Oh still? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Federer, big time well. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, listen. If they're watching, Federer will lose. Same thing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Do, do the deal. Yeah. yeah. Do the deal. Okay. So, uh, you came in here and you said, uh, "I can't wait to talk about Nick Nurse for the twentieth time." Mm. So mm. I offer you up, Nick Nurse, for the twentieth time. What, what, what's your take on kind of the thirty thousand foot view of what's going on here as we turn down the stretch with Nick? 
I think a lot of people have hinted at it, and I think at the end of the season, we'll definitely hear a lot more, whether that's the season-ending press conferences or, uh, you know, I mean, typical at the end of the season, you'll have essentially news dumps of like, hey, this is what's going on. Right. I'd love to see that come out because it just hints at sort of like the instability behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. We have a coach where you're, you're in the playoff stretch here, and of course, it's very important to win all these games. And pregame, when asked a question about the roster, he turned that into a situation where he speculates about his future. I just can't re- remember a lot of instances of this happening. Um, by the way, he does have another year left on his deal, but it very much sounds like it's expiring. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's interesting. He definitely took the conversation in that direction. And I think, look, if you're going to do that, I mean, the next time someone follows up with you, which is what happened on Sunday before the, the Hornets game, you got to at least entertain the conversation a little bit. You can't just shut it down and say, hey, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I've been asked three games in a row. Right. Nobody asked you about the situation until you brought it up. So uh, it's disappointing. I just don't think you need a distraction. Like, for example, I was watching Pascal on ESPN the other, uh, you know, other day, and, and yeah. Malika Andrews was just like, hey, what do you think about your coach leaving? And Pascal's going to have to be like, well, you know, he was obviously he was smart. He knows how to handle that situation. But right. no one should ask him that question. But this is a new, like, I feel now, like, two decades into my career, Mm. this lame duck year means more than it ever has before. And if you log on to the internet, and to be fair, even before Doug Smith put it in the Toronto Star, Mm -hmm. uh, there were reports tying Ime Doka to Toronto. Like, if you won a championship with a team, you're going into that lame duck year, you might want your name to be out there as well. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Houston Houston needs some sort of, uh, they need to make an impression. Sure. And so you tie to the two biggest names that may be out there. And, and for me, it's just like, it's almost, and I don't want to say this because, like, it's almost common sense that if you're going into that last year, people are going to be talking about this. Yeah, for sure. And like I think, Shams did it in January. Yeah, you're right. But then again, you know, we're, we're at a lot of these, like, press conferences, or right. at least we're listening to them. No one here asked them about that situation. So right. I, I think that, you know, there's ways you can sort of handle this, right? I mean, we, we all know that this is one of those businesses where you can say things indirectly, or you can go behind the scenes, and you can feed some reports to other yeah. guys, right? And you can make it known, like, listen, okay, all right, opposing, uh, you know, opposing teams, I might be available. If you're going to change your head coach this year, you know, maybe just keep me in consideration. But right. I think when he sort of publicly came out and sort of espoused about, you know, 10 years is a long time, i got to reflect. Like, you know, <laughs> you can't go to dinner with your wife and be like, hey, listen, honey, 10 years is a long time. She's like, you know, how was your day today? And you're like, well, you know, 10 years has been a long time. i got to really reevaluate. And <laughs> the next it. morning. I've been doing it wrong for a long time, Will. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, this is marriage advice. How do I still have this ring on here? And the morning after, she's like, hey, um, so about what you said. And, and, then, and then you bring up, like, hey, I don't want to talk about that. That's why I brought it up in the first place. It's like, yo, that's not how this conversation is going to go. <laughs> that's not how it goes. Uh, what's, your, what's your gut tell you right now? I'm not going to hold you to it, mm-hmm. but do you think that we're, and we're, we're out of time here, so it's kind of a yes or a no. But do you, <laughs> no do you pressure. Think, do you think that we're, we're done? Like, do you think that unless there's a big run, that this could be the end of Nick Nurse? It, it's definitely pointing in that way, I would say. But again, I mean, Masai will reevaluate at the end of the season, as he always does. Yeah, that's true. You handled that like a very boss. good hedge. Very good. No, Excellent. very good. Got got yeah. a quick to the point. Yeah, and that's why we bring Will Lu on. Excellent. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you jumping in. Appreciate you. And I appreciate you coming in the studio. And I hope you get that deal because I think you deserve it. Uniqlo. Uh, after the break, Nick Kiprios in studio. He's got a couple of deals, a bunch of deals, as a matter of fact. And hobnobbing with the rich and famous. Big night in the NHL. We'll talk to Kipper. Next, right here. You did what now? Hog not. Okay. I don't know. Tim and friends, now for Tim and friends. Tim and friends.
Muchas gracias, Sheepdogs, back here. Final half an hour on Tim and Friends. Well, at least until Tuesday. Nick Kiprios in studio in mere moments. We play Canada's favorite game show for now, Smoke, Fire, or Shut Your Pie Hole ahead of 11 games in the NHL. Is this the last one that we play with Kipper? Because Tuesday we'll be down at the... Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Hockey Central coming away, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. We start with the Red Hot Oilers in a big game tonight against the Kings in what could be a first-round preview. See it regionally on Sportsnet West. The Oilers are a point back of the Kings heading in, four back of Vegas atop the Pacific, five games to go for all three of those teams. Edmonton is coming off back-to-back -back shutouts, including a 2-0 win over L.A. last week. It was a big win for our team, um, you know, it was a few days ago, so uh, we've already moved, moved past that. Obviously, we want to carry the lessons from that game uh, with us moving forward. I think um, we should expect tonight two very good hockey teams that are going to play hard and may the best team win. That's why they play those games. In Calgary, the Flames host the Hawks. A game you can see nationally in Sportsnet 360, 7 Mountain, 9 Eastern. Now the Flames enter the boy, enter the night, two points back of the Jets for the final wild card spot with a huge game between the two in Winnipeg tomorrow night. The Hawks, well, they, they haven't been as good. With more from Calgary, let's go live. Ryan Leslie, right? Thanks very much, Jimmy. Yeah, let's just talk about that game you teed up, and that's the Winnipeg contest. That's tomorrow night in Winnipeg, two points back, as you mentioned. Uh, the series is split at a game apiece, and certainly all eyes are on, on that game. There's some work to be done tonight, but Winnipeg, Calgary, two points difference, and they have been chasing each other in a game of who wants it the least amount. But certainly now Calgary's won a few in a row, and the emotional ride that uh, comes into this game is huge and Winnipeg uh, head coach Rick Bonus kind of summed it up nicely. Tomorrow night is probably going to be like a game seven for both teams. Uh, I think that's the importance of the game for both teams. It doesn't win or lose. You're not, uh, you're not eliminated uh, for sure. There's still four games to go. Three, three for them, four for us after. But that's the mentality both teams will probably have going into the game. So it's like a game seven, but you still get to play a few more games. But the point being that it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial, Timmy. And uh, good news for the Calgary Flames. They'll get Chris Tanev back in the lineup tonight. Huge for their blue line. It'll be Jacob Markstrom going up against Peter Mrazek. And as far as that uh, Chicago matchup, how about a little Winnipeg content? It could be Jonathan Taves' last visit out west. Yeah. He was uh, waxing on poetically about his time out west, just saying, you know, he remembers that one moment that stood out when all of those Hawks, those good teams, were about to explode. It was uh, back in 2009 when the Flames and the Hawks met in the first round. That stands out for him. They went on to win that series. But lots of memories out west. And he just said, look, despite the physical and mental toll of the last couple of years that he's gone through, the passion is still there. So looking forward to seeing him back out on the ice maybe one last time here at the Scotiabank Saddledome in another must-win for Calgary. And so if Calgary gets that must-win, maybe it's a game three tomorrow in Winnipeg when all is said and done. Tied at one apiece. Uh, thank you, Ryan. As always, uh, appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me. Uh, there is Ryan Leslie in Calgary. The Leafs hosting the Jackets tonight. Pre-playoff tinkering continues for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly is back practicing, but he won't make his return to the lineup just yet. 
they do get Noel Achari back tonight. He missed three games with a neck injury. And an interesting matchup in net. Cambridge, Ontario's Jet Greaves. Great name. We'll get his NHL debut for the Blue Sport Coats. Big moment for him and his family. Joseph Wall will get the start for the Leafs. Sheldon Keefe provided an update on the injured Matt Murray earlier today. Oh, he's got a head injury, so we'll have to see, see where that is. He's got some other stuff as well. Uh, but you know, like I said, it will have to be taken a day at a time in terms of seeing really where he's at. Concussion, non-concussion? I think I've answered the question. Ah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you did Nick Gabriel's in studio. That's like a 1960s report, a head injury. Yeah. What, uh, why are we so afraid of saying that word? And I guess there's yeah. ramifications to the word, but it just seems ridiculous sometimes. It does. I, you can sense the disappointment oh. uh, in his voice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not like they weren't forewarned about uh, this guy and his uh, history of staying healthy. There's a level of frustration there for sure. But that one, like this last one, is just like, what What did you do to the hockey gods to deserve? Like a guy yeah. losing an edge and taking you out from behind. Is you, like this one is such a freak injury. Honest, I, I can't recall ever playing uh, or, or at least watching throughout my, my career in broadcasting a guy that had this bad luck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's no fault to his own. Uh, but, like I said, uh, the history was there. Uh, they chose to maybe lean towards the analytics of Matt Murray, but it's this part of his game that uh, the Leaf fans uh, unfortunately have to suffer with, that he probably won't be available for the rest of the regular season right now. We, we, we talked to the co-host of uh, Real Kipper and Bourne, which you can get available <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and beyond, uh, Justin Bourne, and he was talking a little bit about Joseph Wool, and it feels like the Leafs kind of sort of believe that this might be a guy that could play a factor down the road. Yeah, let's not, not now. For, let's not, not now. Yeah, but let's not forget, though, as an organization, there's about 30 other that feel like they've got the goalie as well down, uh, down uh, the road. And, and Joseph Wall is that guy right now for them. Um, and he's had a pretty good season, albeit, you know, I was quite surprised to hear that he's played under 30 games this season. It's not a ton of work, right. but when he has been in there with the Marlies, he's led the charge. Uh, from the small sample size that we've seen, guys, uh, he seems a lot calmer, uh, a lot more structured in his goaltending uh, than we see at times from Samsonov. Uh, but it is a big ask for a guy who's really completed his first full pro year, you know, albeit the under 30 games and had great success, to come in there and, and now do something uh, pretty big and special on an original six team that hasn't won in almost 60 years. Okay, the, the reason why they haven't won in uh, 60 years is they can't get past that first round. One of the reasons why they brought Ryan O'Reilly in, the experience, the pedigree, the ability to deliver in big games. When do you see him getting yeah. back into this lineup? Well, I think he could have played tonight if uh, if it was game one. Uh, they're going to be uh, real uh, cautious with him, uh, but he should be in uh, the next game. Do you worry about, like, chemistry and all of the things? I that think you... there's something to be said for yeah. that, for sure. And listen, right now, you're not going in with two great lines that you're comfortable with. It's either, uh, it's either Matthews or Tavares with Marner. Marner's like this, this hockey whisperer who fixes everybody's problems and tonight he's going to fix Tavares's problem but you know are you completely comfortable with bunting and yarn in game one to go up against uh, Tampa Bay 
we'll see how it kind of plays out here, but it gets a lot easier to, to think that you can get two lines going once Ryan O'Reilly is back in the lineup. I was just going to look up the notes because I put them uh, in, in my notes today. Two of the top three records in the league since January 22nd. Uh, Los Angeles Kings 25 and 4 in yeah. that point. The Edmonton Oilers 18, 5 and 6 since that point. Do you believe in the Edmonton Oilers' ability to do what they're doing over the last little while when it matters most? I feel a lot better uh, since we've watched uh, arguably the best pickup uh, at home on that blue line and what he's been able to do and how the goalies feel a little better. You know, Skinner's the wild card here in all of this. Right. Uh, but if Skinner can come in and, and give them sound goaltending, then they're as dangerous as any team out there right now. And it just seems like from day one, Connor McDavid has been on a mission and he will not take his foot off the gas pedal. Follow that up by Dreisaitl with another 50 goals and you've got a chance for a team to... to to get to somewhere in the in the playoffs. All right, we're going to get to smoke fire and shut your pie hole, but I just do. Do you have any opinion on how we handicap the end of the wild card race in the West? Right? How can you? In in all honesty, yeah. With everything that you've watched, uh, the inconsistencies, the struggles, the games that you should win that you don't. Uh, there's real no reason here, but uh, we do know that the, the Flames in, in Chicago, just, you know, don't blow that one. Right. Before, before we build up tomorrow night's game against the Winnipeg Jets, right. do not take Chicago lightly here and, and set it up on a fun night. Well, you haven't won five games in a row all year long. They've got four running through yeah. here. They've had yeah. some easy competition. And Chicago's given them fits all season long. Right. And the Chicago Blackhawks have lost eight in a row coming in. You can't take yeah. – I mean, if you take this lightly, then you get what you deserve. Yeah. Um, before we get to, to smoke, fire, shut your pie hole, for what I believe to be the last time, um, I don't know the definition of the word hobnobbing, but I do know you've been hobnobbing with the rich and fair. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Did uh, I see you with Bill Burr? At the Oilers, I did because we have visual evidence of it. Yeah. Bill Burr yeah. at the at the Leafs and Sens game. What the hell happened here? I just, you know, I, I caught his act on Netflix a couple times. I just told him to just calm down a little bit, right? But uh, no, I, I ended up uh, uh, being uh, in a position where I was introduced to him by a by a security guy, and he's a big hockey fan, and yeah. uh, he spoke highly of my uh, 1994 uh, New York Ranger team, nice. and. Um, you know, from the moment go, uh, he had opinions on Claude Lemieux, uh, <laughs> Chris Draper. I mean, all that uh, history nice. in the National Hockey League. Yeah, he, you watched the 30 for 30. He yeah. knew the Islanders well. I yeah. told Justin Bourne. He spoke very highly of uh, of your father-in-law, uh, Clark Gillies, yeah, and nice. uh, the dynasty of the Islanders. This guy knows his hockey, yeah. and he knows how it, he likes it played. And it's a, it's a little with a little physicality, I would it guess. Is. Yeah, yeah. Judging it by is. his Netflix specials, I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing I'm guessing he likes yeah. the old school game, and being where he's from. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 He, uh, he's in L.A. now, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there, there's that Boston element for sure. Okay, so you're at the Canadian Tire Center on Saturday. Uh, you visited with uh, not only Bill Burr but a billionaire whose name I can't pronounce, and uh, Spiro and Fonda <laughs> are going to be very upset with me that I don't. Uh, is it? 
Apostatopolis. Apostolopolis. Apostolopolis. Yeah, and uh, five times fast right now. Go. Apostolopolis. 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 Not bad. Wow, Ticanis. That's really good. Polikala. Polikala. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's, if you don't know, uh, reportedly bidding to buy the Sens. Smoke, fire, or shut your pie hole. Kipper, you're buying the Sens. Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to shut my own pie hole on this one or, or not? Yeah, you can. You can yeah. I'm going to shut right. my pie hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was humbled by the invitation by the Apostolopoulos family uh, to oh, go as, uh, as maybe someone with some hockey background. Right. Uh, and I offered that to them. And... Uh, that's really all I can say at this point. <laughs> uh, I got it. I did envision on the weekend a hockey team playing out of the Little Buddha Arena one day. Oh, nice, yeah, <laughs> right? that would work. Yeah, yeah. But then I think our motto on our on our cocktails are drink yeah. mindfully. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want anybody right. to play mindfully. So I right. I, I, I ditched that idea. That's real quick. the reason. Yeah. So, so this one's just shut your pie hole. Yeah. This one's yeah, pretty shut, much. Shut my own pie hole. You know, discretion is the better part of valor. My, my dad always yes. told me that if you're not going to win the fight, sometimes it's better to walk away. Uh, all right. So uh, the Avalanche seemingly. Undefending Cup champions getting a little healthy here. Gabriel Landeskog, Josh Manson, Arturi Lekkinen, Pavel Fransos all joining the team on their current road trip, suggesting that they're close to returning. Smoke, fire, or shut your pie hole. The Avs are the team to beat in the West. Smoke. I really? cannot give the defending Stanley Cup champions uh, fire onto, the, onto this point. I think when you look back and you see Landis Cog and Josh Manson um, go through what they're going through, there's something significant there. I, I think they might be able to see Josh Manson come back. Uh, the last few games. I've never sneezed in 22 years on there. That's the, that's the first it's, time. It's, it's one thing I, I, I want to do. It must be the smoke. 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 I don't uh, think I've ever sneezed yeah. on live television, yeah, and, and, and I've been in for 20-something years, too. As far as uh, Landis Cog is concerned, that's the key. I mean, we're talking about Landis Cog and Manson, who were yeah. two huge parts of a Stanley Cup uh, run last year, right? Uh, and I still questioned uh, how healthy they are uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, that's not a possible office. I hope it was not. And did I get it right the second you time? Did. All you right, did. good. Uh, Marty Walsh, new NHL PA leader, made his first official appearance in front of the hockey media last week. Uh, he'll be tasked with navigating a new CBA. Current deal set to expire in 2026. There'll be lots of ideas and things to address uh, let me throw this out there yeah smoke fire or shut your pie hole one of the things that he needs to try and address is the salary cap uh, pie hole yeah yeah there's there's nothing to address on the salary cap you can't go anywhere off of 50 50 that is the split of the revenue no luxury and tax there's, though there's no chance there's of even there's not a chance no. that Gary or the owners are going to go that down that path so yeah. it, it is what it is uh, there'll never be a situation where I think that the owners of the players would ever have to shut down uh, in a labor dispute ever again you just work out uh, a few um, issues around it and, and you go to work the number one thing Marty Walsh has to do is go back with 
and work with the players and work with the owners and work with Gary Bettman's office and find additional ways to earn revenue to bring the cap up. Right. That solves a lot of the problems including star players not able to return to their respective clubs. Mm -hmm. um, just rise the salary cap. Uh, I got an idea. Best on best. Uh, that could help us do all of that. Uh, a lot of debate over whether or not Evgeny Kuznetsov's slow shootout attempt should be legal or not. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, offered up a solution last night. Have a listen. You got to protect the goalies, right? It should be a time clock. Eight, nine seconds. If you can't get there in eight seconds, you don't deserve to be taking the shot. Smoke, fire, shut your pie hole. Shot clock in the shootout. Yeah, I love Gretz, uh, but uh, he needs to shut his pie hole. Off. <laughs> <laughs> really? really? Sorry, Gretz. Are you, you I love you. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, he's thinking for the goalies. Yeah. And no one cares about the goalies. <laughs> and he's still moving forward. I get it. It's, it's a frustrating thing, but to, there's only a few guys in the world, I believe, that can go that slow and move their hands that fast. And right. that is a skill. Say what you will about his speed. The hands moving are all world for, for, for goalies to deal with. And as slow it is, as it is, he's progressing towards the net. The object is to shoot the puck in the net, and he does it. I, I'm, I'm coming out like keeper styles in soccer. Double stack Thank the pads you. and slide no, right no, through no. them. Run them. Yeah. Run them. <laughs> like, what, what, like yeah, you, what does the league do if he if he if he runs them or punches them, put them in the penalty box? Yeah. I'd rather take him out though. Like, just you don't even have to run them. You just take the whole legs out. Perfect. I'm with you. He's All moving right. forward the whole way. I don't I don't really see how it's. I don't think it's that, that big, big of an issue. issue. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you, Jess. Yeah. I don't think I don't a lot. Do I think he's right too, though, and I don't think a lot of guys can do that. Like, there's no. like a handful, Kane, Marner, like there's only a handful of guys that have the hands to move that quickly to make mm -hmm. those moves. And if you can, good on you. And if you but don't I do can't it, believe you, you, told you don't Gretzky. execute, you look dumb. So, that's the go. skill. The skill is that he just told Gretzky to shut his pipe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> He'll never come on my show again. Right, quickly, Red Sox outfielder Alex Verdugo. I know you love your baseball. Yeah. I know you love all of your sports. Called yeah. out Alec Manoa for his antics on the field, specifically referencing a game last July where Manoa barked at Red Sox hitters after striking them out. Smoke, fire, or shut your pie hole. Verdugo calling out Manoa. Yeah, he's got to shut his pie hole oh, on this one. There pie hole. Yeah, he does. And, like, you got an issue, go pay him a visit. Next time you play him or uh, next time you bump into him in a bar in a, at a players association meeting. We know meeting. how Kipper settles go. things, eh? Right? Run, run the guy going slow yeah. in the shootout. Yeah, yeah go <laughs> pay him a visit. You know, yeah. it's, it's one thing for guys to, to do this and not be able to back it up. Yeah. I assure you. Manoa can back it up. Yeah, it doesn't seem like right? he's scared. And he's not hiding, and he's not, uh, no. no, this guy's the real deal. Speaking of, uh, we have a comment uh, while the show was on from Alec Manoa. They asked him, the media asked Manoa what he thinks about it, and his response was coming from him, I don't give a bleep. So he told Verdugo to, in effect, shut his pie hole. I love it. Smoke, fire, shut your pie hole yeah. from both uh, Nick Kiprios <laughs> yes. and Alec Manoa. It's shut your pie hole. Amazing. Shout out Rob Longley for sending out that tweet. We'll give credit where credit is due, and we'll give credit to Nick Kiprios 
for smoke fire shut your pie hole will you stick around for game time absolutely uh, awesome nick caprios will close this out and get you to hockey central followed by blue jay central it is a jam-packed night stay tuned game day starts here If you're looking for things to watch tonight, we got you covered, my friends. 13 in the NBA, 11 in the NHL, 14 in the bigs tonight. A busy night for the control towers here at Rogers. Uh, of course, Jason Royals and Blue Jay Central coming on your way on Sportsnet Ontario East and Sportsnet One. Big night on Sportsnet now. And a reminder that it is free to many Rogers customers. We've got baseball. We've got a big Hawks and Bulls game with ramifications for the Raps on now and a programming note to fans of the squared circle mxt is on sportsnet now tonight just google it and follow the instructions and we close the night with that western conference race in the national hockey league flames are on sportsnet 360 across the nation regional broadcast for the kraken and canucks as well as the kings and oilers as we attempt to answer how the west will be won all that coming up but first what time is it McAuliffe, Kiprios, and Rubinoff taking the reins on game time. Okay, here we go. Let's start with uh, a tweet from a viewer. Breaking news. Tim and Friends canceled after telling Wayne Gretzky to shut his pie. Oh. <laughs> 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 Way to go, You've Kipper. Got that power. Way to go, Kipper. <laughs> uh, I'm like a Euro right now spinning <laughs> in the dance floor. <laughs> uh, then we have uh, the hoodie giveaway from yesterday. The Blue Jays did end up hitting a home run. Bo we Bichette. had a hoodie contest. Yeah. Here were the rules. And the winner is Adam Styles. Bo Bichette will hit the Jays' first dinger of the season. Hashtag predict. So congratulations. We will be in touch. Let's continue with uh, the Jays. Yeah, number two Royals. trend in Canada yesterday. TF predict behind that Dodge coin that... Uh, Elon put it's up the pronounced topic. Dogecoin. But Doge, yeah. yeah. Oh. I think it's okay that you didn't know that, yeah. though. I think I it'll think be okay. I'm kind of proud, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Jays and Royals continue. I actually don't know that for a fact, but um, anyways. Sounds right. Yeah, they're continuing their series tonight after back-to-back -back rough outings from Chris Bassett and Jose Barrios. The Jays will be looking at Yusei Kikuchi to put an end to their three-game losing streak. Kikuchi is coming off an impressive spring, which, according to John Schneider, is a result of his hard work. I mean, starting with his, his own work, I think, you know, basically in November, um, kind of revamping his arm swing a little bit, getting him a little bit more consistent with all of his pitches, um, adding a slower breaking ball to kind of keep hitters off the fastball cutter. Um, so it's been, it's been really good to watch him. It's been really nice to kind of see someone um, tackle something they were really trying to do and then have it, have it show in game. So hopefully he just, you know, keeps rolling from the, uh, from the Grapefruit League. All right, first one for Kipper. What is your confidence level in Kikuchi tonight? He, he has every other year. He has a, he's good. <laughs> every other year, yeah. <laughs> You're going with odd years. He's, he's, he's not giving up nine runs tonight. <laughs> All right, I got another one for you. Big game for the Oilers, obviously in LA tonight. Five games remaining. Oilers have a chance to break their previous franchise record for power play goals in a single season on what would be their highest power play percentage in history. In fact. Three of their top four percentages in team history have been McDrysidle-led. Kipper, I know what I'm asking. Over Coffee and Gretzky it's, it's remarkable. and Messier it's and Curry and Anderson. Not only is this the best power play in Oilers history, could this be yes. the best power play in league yeah. history? Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Uh, wow. 
It's McDavid and, and, and Dreisaitl in a nutshell. These guys are incredible hockey players. And what I love about this record is it's it's as pure as can be. It's not, there's it's nothing. It's not the Bruins this year. It's not with the, the Bruins points, with a yeah. little skewed three on three right. or overtime. This is just power play versus power play. Same rules, same dimensions on the ice. It's unbelievable we're talking about something that's better than Gretzky, Messier, and Curry. Oh. And it is. Statistically, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, that does it for us. Kipper, I always enjoy this. I hate that this is our last one, but maybe you can come down to the Dome on Tuesday. I would love that. that next be, Tuesday. That'd Let's be make awesome. it Let's go. All right. Hockey Central, David Amber and the boys <laughs> is next. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Kipper. Thanks, Canada.